Welcome, wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerkin. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. It's been a huge week in wrestling. We have AEW to talk about on Curtain Jerkin. We have NXT to talk about on Curtain Jerkin. We have war games to predict on Curtain Jerkin. We got main event to talk about on Curtain Jerkin. And we have New Japan to talk about on Curtain Jerkin. NWA shockwave to talk about on Curtain Jerkin, but I'm not trying to bury the lead here, guys. I watched Ring of Honor from this past week. I know I kept up with the Pure Title Tournament. Fans of this show know that I kind of fell off on the show, started talking about MLW, which we'll also talk about on today's Curtain Jerkin, but I had a little bit of time uh, between watching World Tag Leagues and Best of Super Junior shows. And I had an extra day off this week. That's right. I had two days off instead of one day. So what did I do with my one day off? I watched Ring of Honor. They got a pay-per-view coming up December 18th that we're going to talk about on the show. So I figured why not slide in while I can, while I have time, and I'm going to talk about them. I'm also going to try to give you guys a little bit more analysis than I do uh, the past few weeks. Talk about the in and outs of every show I talk about, including AEW and NXT. I know I've just been giving you the rankings of the matches, which I will still do. But I will also go into what I think about the storylines a little more. So uh, pay attention. You know, give me some feedback on how I'm doing. I love to see it. Hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling on Twitter at JG. Picture taken on Instagram or YouTube comments, Spotify comments. Rank me up. Give me five stars like Dave Meltzer. Make me a perfect 10 like Ty Dillinger. Do what you can, please. I fucking love you guys. But let's jump into Ring of Honor. Um, they start out with the foundation promo. Jonathan Gresham's new faction. Uh, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. Uh, Jay Lethal. And then Rip Titus, who's wearing the Jonathan Gresham uh, octopus mask. Um kind of interesting i didn't know it was rent tight so they said something they said that people don't deserve to see his face because they've been ignoring his face for so long it's like we haven't been ignoring it uh he's been in ring of honor forever this is like uh his fourth or fifth gimmick uh i've always enjoyed his stuff and i think he fits better in a fashion than he does a solo wrestler or even a tag team wrestler at this point a uh, new faction uh it's you know pretty cool a little four horsemen a little catch point very good that they brought them all together it highlights everything about these guys that i like all in one faction it's pretty cool josh woods video package here i feel like this was a very good video package for him uh it kind of highlights uh the thing that is good about josh woods with his mma background and uh the uh reality he brings to his matches being you know a former mma athlete and it hides the fact that he's not really that good on the mic yet so perfect little video package here hyping up his match with jay lethal just like the video package of jay lethal uh and yeah just kind of these video packages do a lot um you can't really cut promos in front of a crowd because there is no crowd for these ring of honor shows so you kind of hide your weaknesses with no crowd and you kind of adopt this documentary style uh to pro wrestling that i feel like is really good throughout the years i mean you saw it with i mean all the way back with mick foley and jr uh doing that big interview on raw and then you kind of see it with uh being the elite kind of but this is more serious than being the elite and it's you know it's pretty good i think everyone kind of can uh you know, uh, sink their teeth into this documentary style of professional wrestling. But going right to the match, Josh Woods versus Jay Lethal here. Pure title rules. Lethal uses his rope break early, and they start jawjacking with each other. He said, uh, "Josh Woods says you're Jay Lethal. This is sad." Big strike battle. You can tell Jay Lethal didn't like hearing that. He fought him. Woods uses one of his road breaks. Woods back hurting. Couldn't even suplex Jay Lethal. Woods catches him from the lethal injection into a rear naked choke and then into an ankle lock. Lethal struggling here. 
Lethal gets put in the spindle. One, two, three. Josh the Goods Woods wins. And this continues Jade Lethal's uh, losing streak of two in these pure title rules. Maybe he's having a hard time adjusting to these rules. I love the pure title uh, tournament rules, as you guys know. I reviewed the whole pure title tournament. And I'm liking Josh Woods here. I think he's got a negative stigma because of... uh, Maybe he was very green when he entered Ring of Honor, as I I can figure. But I didn't watch. I got to admit, I didn't watch Ring of Honor during that time. So this is my first impression of Josh Woods, and he's looking real good here. I like his match match with Jonathan Gresham, and I like his match with Jay Lethal. Uh, They're putting him in there with top-tier athletes, and he's proven himself in these uh, big fight field matches, pure title tournament rules. Work perfectly for this guy. Uh, I think strap the rocket to this guy. Why not? Especially if you're Ring of Honor, because there's not a lot to talk about with Ring of Honor recently. They haven't really made the news. I mean, they had a rough uh, go of it uh, with Marty Skrull getting kind of taken out um, of the picture for a little bit, and uh, Jay Lethal kind of uh, maybe being brought to light of doing some shady things with the uh, Me Too movement, the uh, speaking out movement. But here they are trying to kind of get out of that dig themselves out of the swamp and uh i think they kind of did last week with mike bennett coming back and they did a trending with taven mike bennett was his first guest on this new uh like a uh, skit or sitcom or not sitcom but sit down talk show they're doing on ring of honor and i think uh mike bennett perfect fit for ring of honor because they did uh make that news that they wanted to make and also um you know, like, where would Mike Bennett go? Like, a lot of guys went to Impact. You don't really want to go to Impact. And if AEW is not knocking, you already did the big match with NWA. So uh, why not go back to Ring of Honor and uh, play on your own history? So I thought that was pretty good. I also thought the Mark Briscoe promo was good as always. Longevity, loyalty, over as fuck. I think the Briscoes are probably, like, the best thing that has ever happened to Ring of Honor. Sure, they've had really big stars come and go, but throughout that time the briscoes have been there to give them main event matches and for those big stars to kind of put over the briscoes through the years so they're still seen as a big deal they can talk butts into the seats and they can go for days can't say enough about the briscoes and i don't think uh podcasts talk enough about the briscoes and how good they are Uh, We get the same uh, documentary-style video packages from Brody King and from Shane Taylor. Uh, I think Brody King, you know, you see with uh, AEW, with the Butcher being so over with that look, here we have that same look, but a guy who can go a little more. I think Brody King is a future star. Here he is, out from the shadow of Marty Skrull and everybody else, and I, I... I see that the new era of ROH, this uh, COVID era of ROH, benefiting Brody King. Shane Taylor the same way. I mean, he's got a unique style. He can talk. He can go in the ring. Uh, If I were Ring of Honor, I would keep Shane Taylor and keep pushing him. He's already been the television champion. But these two guys uh, are, you know, I would focus on if I was Ring of Honor. I think they're doing that here, especially in this main event, of course. One-on-one matchup. Brody King Big chops for days. Uh, They brawl on the outside. Shane Taylor throws Brody King through a barricade. Brody gets back in at the count of 19. Uh, King fires back. Shane won't quit. King won't quit. One, two, three. Brody King gets the victory. Code of honor at the end. But both guys are really over. And Brody King keeps calling out Roosh. So if Roosh can come into America, it can come onto these Ring of Honor shows. I think we got a future main event on our hands right there. Brody King versus Roosh. I think uh, he would be a very good base for Roosh's lucha style because, you know, he's used to wrestling the smaller guy. And Roosh, you know, kind of, uh, he's jacked. He's yoked. He's got muscles he can pick the big man up we can get a hogan andre moment here on ring of honor uh i'll be reviewing final battle uh so stay tuned to that if you're a ring of honor fan and if i have the time guys i know this i'm just being real here and being legitimate if i have the time i will always review ring of honor it's a nice little hour go out of your way to watch it but it's just inconveniently placed in uh the hierarchy of my wrestling fandom one promotion that was placed very high on my the hierarchy of my wrestling fandom was NWA of in 2019. Um, they came out with Power. I loved Power. Um, I loved uh, the 10 Pounds of Gold series they did on YouTube. I loved NWA 70. I loved the all-in match with Cody and Aldis. So I was hooked. Thunder Rosa. Um, 
I was hooked. And then, you know, the pandemic happened, so no power. And then Primetime Live came, and I said I would watch it. I think I watched two episodes of it and decided uh, maybe that would go away. And then I said uh, I was only going to watch it once, and then I watched it twice. And then here I am kind of watching it twice again because NWA Shockwave is pretty much old matches from Primetime Live. But on YouTube, it felt good to, you know, tune into NWA on YouTube at 6 o'clock again because, you know, that's uh, what Power did. So, you know, I'm nostalgic of Power. So when you watch Power, which is supposed to be nostalgic of the 80s, it's kind of uh, hilarious to think about it like that. It started out with Nick Aldis cutting a promo. Um... He uh, said he was speechless. I remember this promo from when he did it originally. Mike Bennett and Nick Aldis, the uh, main event tonight. New star for Shockwave. Not as good as the Into the Fire song from Power, but, I mean, that's kind of the theme of this whole show. Joe Galley, good to see him again. And then we get Jordan Cruz versus Eli Drake. I looked into Jordan uh, Cruz a little bit. Um, He's a former Marine, trained by PWG legend B-Boy, and he gave uh, Drake a little bit more trouble than I thought, but at the end of the day, Drake hits the gravy train, one, two, three. He picks up the victory. More Joe Galley, uh, hyping things up, hyping me up. And then we get Camille versus Heather Monroe with Austin Body in her corner. Austin Body, good uh, female, I guess maybe valet or uh, whatever he is doing on the outside manager. Uh, he's doing. He did a good job. Heather Monroe did a good job. Uh, kind of held her own against Camille for a second there. I've seen this match before. I don't remember the Eli Drake match, but I definitely remember this match. And uh, I didn't remember it being so good, though. This was probably better than the main event, now that I'm reading over my uh, notes here. Monroe gets the upper hand, hits the witch breaker, like the code breaker. One, two, Camille kicks out. And then Camille hits the neck breaker. One, two, Monroe kicks out. Um, Austin gets involved not once but twice in this matchup and then right here uh camille though doesn't let her get to her hits the spear one two three camille gets the victory but this was a solid match nwa has a really good women's division and uh it it shows right here i mean you see it on AEW dynamite you saw it on nwa power and you see it here on nwa shockwave we get a Mike Bennett promo, pretty solid promo. Um, you forget that he's been everywhere until he starts reminding you of it. Not bad. Uh, we have a Power Card Series ad, which I mean, I might have to get those. I don't know. More Joe Galley, Nick Aldis versus Mike Bennett. Main event. I remember this match happening, but like the Camille match, I do not remember being this good. They start brawling on the ramp at the early going. Tombstone on the ramp, Thunder Champion. Camille comes out, kind of backs down Maria. That does allow Bennett to get the upper hand with the cross body off the ramp. Kind of a blunder here because the camera did not get it. Uh, we saw a lot of good camera work in Ring of Honor, but this was laughable here where they didn't catch the uh, you know the challenger jumping on the champ off the apron. Uh, maybe it was really bad. I don't know. Back in the ring, Michinoku driver from Nick Aldis. Snug as fuck. Super kick from Bennett. Lariat from Bennett. One, two. Aldis kicks out. Tombstone in the ring this time. Elbow off the top. All this one, two, Bennett kicks out again, superplex from Mike Bennett, spear from Bennett, one, two, all this kicks out again, pile driver from Mike Bennett this time in the center of the ring, one, two, maybe not quite the center because Nick Aldis gets his foot on the rope. They bounce up. He locks in the scorpion death lock, the uh, clover leaf that he uh, applies. Um, Bennett struggling, struggling here, and then eventually just passes out. Aldis retains. Aldis looks at Mike Bennett. He realizes he has his respect. Overall, it was a great, great card. Um, I don't... Uh, want to tune in every week because it's just you know old episodes of primetime live but i am a patreon member of the nwa so if i'm reviewing raw i might watch this a little bit later keep up with it just so i have one more thing to talk about during a raw review or if i watch a pay-per-view a little earlier in the day and then i'll watch this and i'll talk about both things i'll try to fit it in here from time to time but i don't see it jumping on current jerkin every week i do want nwa power back god damn do i miss that show um but I think the NWA is doing the best they can, and I, it was, you know, it was good to tune in to uh, some NWA action Tuesday nights at six o'clock. 
It's free on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. Something else that's free on YouTube is MLW every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. It was a big, big night Wednesday night for wrestling, and I watched three shows, and I got to say, by the end of the third show, NXT, I hadn't forgotten about the first show, which was MLW, which is saying a lot for the smallest company on the bill this evening. Um, right away, they hype up Loki versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. with a video package. Uh, Contra interrupts right away, and then we go into the first tournament match of two from the evening. Laredo Kid, who is going to be facing Kenny Omega at Triple Mania, or Kitty, uh, Kenny Omega at Triple Mania versus ACH, who had you know uh, very publicly left the WWE and has been having kind of a, a renaissance period in his career ever since, working with New Japan Strong, working. In GCW, uh, just kind of bouncing around wherever he can uh, in America during the pandemic, which is pretty difficult to do. And here he is here. ACH with the upper hand at the beginning. Uh, Laredo Kid uh, won't quit, though. ACH getting frustrated that he's not going to be putting him away. And then we have a suplex, a suplex. And we think we're going for the three amigos, but Laredo Kid puts a little bit of stank on it, hits the northern lights. Then bottom rope moonsault, second rope moonsault, one, two, ACH kicks out, springboard into a sunset, flip off the top rope by ACH, one, two, kid kicks out again, goes into a big uh, strike battle, brain buster by ACH, and that's all she wrote, one, two, three, ACH cuts a promo, uh, calling himself the game, which I thought was hilarious, I hope he steals that from Triple H, because Triple H, of course, um, defended this uh, shirt that he says is racist and uh, I mean it's hard to uh, argue against that fact uh, maybe Triple H unknowingly put the shirt out there let's let's go with stupidity on this one for uh, Triple H's uh, benefit there but getting back into present day wrestling here really good stuff here Violence is Forever is going to debut next week on MLW the Von Erichs cut a promo we have highlights of last year's Opera Cup Finals which featured Loki and Davy Boy Smith, of course, the aforementioned main event of this evening. Selena Della Rento's fine ass was cutting a promo. We want to see more of her in MLW. I say we, even though I'm speaking for myself here, because I know I ain't the only one. Oh, let me catch my notes here. Here we go. Uh, we have uh, the masked man who attacked Hammerstone. His name is, uh, I think, Meds Kruger, I think is what I heard, versus Ariel uh, Dominic. Uh, big Luke Gallows vibes here by Kruger. Kruger made short work of him. One, two, three, one minute and 46 seconds. More highlights from last year's finals. Uh, I got hyped up. Holiday cutting a promo. I feel like Holiday is... Remarkable that he's still in MLW. I don't know. Maybe he has a career outside of MLW, uh, wrestling in general, that uh, is keeping him back. But I'm looking at him wrestling. I'm like, why isn't the WWE misusing him? Why aren't we watching him on main event? Why isn't he, you know, uh, in AEW? Why isn't he not in Mexico full time or just anywhere? He's he's got the total package. He cuts a great promo. I love seeing him in LW. I watch all kinds of wrestling, but at the same time, I kind of uh, understand that you get more money being on these larger promotions, and uh, he's good enough to make more money. Uh, that's being said, I don't know the numbers of the situation. But as I said, the main event was low-key versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. Davey Boy Smith Jr.'s final match in MLW. That was brought to our attention this morning. Davey Boy Smith wearing down low-key, uh, using his size, locking in a headlock, but kind of laying down on low-key. Low-key getting some room, striking but then getting hurled by Davy Boy Smith Jr. up and over the top rope onto the floor. Davy Boy gets him back in the ring, biting him, stomping him, stays on him. Low-key in trouble here. Big German by Smith. One, two, low-key kicks out. Smith getting frustrated here. Stays on low-key. But then low-key starts to recover. 
gets a pin attempt. One, two, Smith kicks out. Uh, power slam by Smith. One, two, low key kicks out again. Low key, uh, just like kind of kicking the shit out of Davy Boy. Uh, roll over, roll through. Uh, rolls him up one two three long story short here Loki gets the victory one two three pinning the cha- the guy who won the opera cup last year in his last match in MLW Loki advancing solid main event solid main event I loved MLW pre-pandemic and I mean second week in right at this time slot 7 p.m. Right before Dynamite, I think I'm going to be a week-to-week watcher of MLW. It's so easy to talk about on the show. And plus, like, I get home around 7.30 to just let you guys, you know, peek behind the curtain here, I guess. I get home around 7.30. It's about a 45-minute show. So, therefore, that means I get about a 15-minute period of Dynamite coming so I can skip the first few commercials of Dynamite. It just works out really well. And then, of course, I'm pre-recording NXT while watching Dynamite. So then I get to skip those commercials. So more commercials get to be skipped. If you watch MLW, I'm just saying, folks, guys, it's a no-brainer here for anyone that loves professional wrestling. And anyone that loves professional wrestling, I do not have to begin to discuss what happened on Wednesday night. Holy shit, what a dynamite. Sting? Sting comes back. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into Sting's all-time favorite of mine. If you somehow are listening to my voice and didn't know that, Sting is an all-time favorite of mine. Um, also, a big favorite era of mine is the 20, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, 2014 to 2017 New Japan. And um, this last hour of Dynamite just kind of embodied uh, most of my fandom of wrestling is insane to talk about. Definitely my favorite dynamite of all time happened. And after I watched NXT, NXT wasn't bad as well. So you know what we do here on Curtain Jerkin. We break it down for you guys. We give you guys worst of first, ranking every single match of the Wednesday Night Wars every single week here. And this week is no different here. Uh, number 10. Cameron Grimes versus Austin Gray. Uh, as usual, the uh, number 10 position is kind of like a tip of the cap. It usually goes to the a squash match, and this was what this was. Why did they have Austin Gray in 205 Live? Why did they have Austin Gray go up against Timothy Thatcher if Cameron Grimes is just going to come up and beat him? Uh... I don't know, so I would have picked a different person to lose, but I definitely wouldn't have picked a different person to win here. You gotta hype Cameron Grimes up. He's going into a strat match against Dexter Loomis. He looked ridiculous at Halloween Havoc against Dexter Loomis, getting scared, and he's been looking ridiculous ever since. He plays ridiculous well, but he also plays a lot of things well. I've seen him in CWF Mid-Atlantic, where he's been a super good babyface. I've seen him in PWG have five-star matches. I've seen him in AAW being the heel of all heels so he can do a lot of things well but they chose this form i don't know why it reminds me of kurt angle back in the day kurt angle he was good at doing everything so they made him a comedy guy which was kind of ridiculous and then you see kurt angle go on to the 2006 and you know beyond uh in tna and you see like oh shit this is the kurt angle they could have always had and i think the same thing might happen here with cameron grimes here he's good at being silly so they keep him at silly but he's also good at doing a lot of other things that might make him more money i'm not sure wb is your money number nine baker versus hirsch uh Baker not really doing it for me here. I'm definitely cheering for Thunder Rose in this feud. And uh, Hirsch is doing it for me. If I, I mean, I know you put a lot of stock in Baker. Uh, she was definitely more over in 2019 than she was 2020. She got hurt and everything. But I don't know. I'm not really feeling it right now. It sucks. I hate to say it. But I'm not feeling it. But it was a great match. But there was just a bunch of good matches here on tonight. So it kind of got pushed down just because every other match was so phenomenal. And uh, her match was just kind of there. And I think the wrong girl won. I would push Hirsch. She's unique. She's Russian. You got Khabib Magomedov in, in, a, in the UFC right now who's Russian. So, like, you know, I feel like Russians are over in 
combat sports right now? I don't know. Number eight, Priest and Ruff versus uh, Phantasma and the gang. Uh, Priest looks like he was going to, you know, get the victory here. But then Ruff tags him in. He's cool. Big buddy, little buddy. He hits the frog splash off the top rope to get the one, two, three. Really good job putting over Rush, uh, Ruff and Priest here in this match. And Phantasma and um, Raul Mendoza held their own as well. Grizzled Young Vets versus Imperium is number seven. Grizzled Young Vets and Imperium are very good, but you know what? You just took two NXT UK teams and just put them on NXT. So, like... why wouldn't you know like someone that's following NXT UK the very few people that do are now watching a match that they've already seen before when you could have had fresh matchups um I like the involvement of Everrise here uh I I like Everrise I can't really pinpoint why I like Everrise maybe it just reminds me of old school WCW jobber tag teams or something like that um just old school vibe but uh there's way too many interferences in NXT and this match suffered from that as well atlas versus nice um i'm not a fan of 205 live just becoming the main event of nxt but since we're here and uh you know atlas his that rainbow uh, ddt off the top super sick finisher it gets put to the number six spot it kind of could be interchangeable with the chris jericho cash match which is number five uh for because both matches were solid, but they weren't the you know as good. Number four, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen versus uh, Ricky Starks and Hoss Hobbs, or what do they call him? Big Boy Hobbs, Will Hobbs. Now, um, I think I put this match so high because I was so elated to see fucking Sting back. He comes out. He stares down Arn. He stares down Dustin Rhodes. He stares down Cody. He stares down Darby Allen. The internet is joking around about how Sting is is Darby Allen's dad. I'm with that joke. I love that joke. Seeing Sting come out and stare down Cody, I mean, come on, we all see it. He, you know, Flair brought him into the main event picture. He put over Flair. He went over to New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1995 and put over Antonio Noki. He went over to TNA and put over Jeff Jarrett. In 2015, he goes over to WrestleMania, first time at WrestleMania. Why? To only put over the boss, Triple H. Why is he in this company? To put over Cody Rhodes. That's why he's there. All these people, oh, he's 61. He's 61. Who gives a shit? He stared down Darby Allin. Darby Allen, who is the TNT champion, they are making new stars. They have tons of new stars. How do you continue to make new stars? You give them matches with people that are stars already, and Sting is a star already. Much like The Undertaker, who just retired, he is more of a superhero than an athlete. He is more of a character than an athlete. He puts the makeup on. He comes out with the bat and the trench coat. And people feel young again. I felt young again. I have been a fan of Sting my entire fucking life. Clash of Champions 89 or 90 with Flair. The kid from the Wonder Years being the judge and two other judges and all that. I grew up on that shit. I'm never going to not mark out overseeing Sting. And I want everyone to know that right now. And... You know what? Cody is of that same generation. He will never not mark out overseeing Sting. He was in awe right there. You could see that he was playing in awe, but you could also see deeper beyond what he was playing and see that he was actually in awe. And, you know, if I had a promotion... I would try to beat Sting. You know why? Because that's what you do, man. Like, why why have say in your own promotion if you're not going to make it awesome? And that's what Cody Rhodes is doing. And Sting has made a whole career, just like I just mentioned, 20 or 30-year career out of putting over the boss. So it's just right there. We all see it coming. And you know what? Bring it on. It's like seeing a cool-ass bridge or seeing a cool-ass city in the distance knowing you're going to that cool-ass city on the highway. You see it coming from miles away. And you fucking speed up. You want to see more of it. And honestly, it it really wasn't the best. Seeing my favorite wrestler of all time wasn't the best part of Dynamite. It's ridiculous to say that, but it's true. And that's the number four match out of ranking all the matches 
from AEW and NXT this week from worst to first. Number three, Raquel Gonzalez versus Shotzi Blackheart. Ladder match to see who gets the advantage at War Games this Sunday. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart, super over with me. I would say her, uh, Priest, and Grimes are the three stars that feel current in NXT, feel like their trajectory is upward. There's a lot of stars in NXT right now based on uh, a lot of stars from the 2017-2018 era of NXT not really wanting to go to the main roster for fear of being misused. So they stayed in NXT, which is awesome. They can help new people, but I feel like they're kind of getting stale. I feel like Gargano's doing his best, but he's kind of getting stale. He's in this three-way takeover. Uh, I feel like Ciampa is kind of stale. I feel like Undisputed Era, stale. Rhea Ripley, they should have brought her up after Mania. It would have been seamless. But now that she's back in NXT, it feels like she's been floating around since WrestleMania. And we're done with Survivor Series. So anyone who's been paying attention the last 35 years knows that's uh, not how you want to go. And she's on Team Shotzi. She's not on Team Rhea. So to not even have the Survivor Series team or the War Games team named after you... And, uh, you know, you've already been on WrestleMania. It's kind of weird. It, like, I feel like Rhea, I don't know what happened with her. I don't know why they kind of did this to her. She needs to be on Raw and SmackDown. Um, but I digress there. Ra- Raquel Gonzalez and Shotzi, great match. Ladder match. The story going into it was who's going to be the fourth lady in Shotzi's team. And we find out it's none other than the motherfucking champion, Io Shirai, springboard to Raquel Gonzalez into the rear naked choke while she's climbing the ladder. She climbs, she climbs, she tries to get to the top, but she can't. Fatigue sets in in the rear naked choke. She falls back. Shotzi gets the briefcase and they stand tall, revealing who the fourth member is. I'm hyped, you're hyped. NXT lost in the ratings and it wasn't even close, but they put together a good show. They put together a good go-home show. Um, Lots of video packages, lots of interferences, but that's something that you pretty much should come accustomed to with watching WWE and NXT. Uh, Number two was the Battle Royal. I know that's kind of a cop-out having that be number two, but they set up so many storylines between... uh, Miro just going off between Hangman Page and the Dark Order, between Matt Hardy being a dick, uh, Spears and Sky, tons of stuff was set up here. I really do feel like AEW has a uh, like um, mastered the art of the battle royal every battle royal they've had has been like in my top like 40 battle royals of all time and i think they've had you know like five so that's saying something right there maybe not top top 20 battle royals of all time let's uh let's cut that down a little bit number one though omega versus moxley omega uh, getting handed or thrown the microphone to ca- from uh, Don Callis and then hits Moxley to then hit the one-winged angel on uh, John Moxley. One, two, three. We have a new world champion. He's going to take that title to Triple Mania. We know that. Is Moxley, now that he has the title off of him, going to go to Wrestle Kingdom and lose the U.S. title to Kenta? I fucking hope so. That's what I would do. But you know what? He would have to quarantine for 14 days in Japan, missing Christmas and missing New Year's. That's a big... And missing his pregnant wife. So, like, that's giant. That's big. Um, I can see him doing it, but I can also understand if he doesn't do that. Omega going full heel. I love that shit. I am such a big mark for North Carolina, where I'm from, that even if you shit on North Carolina, I love you. I'm a Harley Race. One of my most favorite quotes of all time, Starcade 83, the last place I want to be on any given night is Greensboro, North Carolina. Why do I like that? I have no clue. I love Greensboro, North Carolina. That's where I'm from. But for some reason, if you just mere mention North Carolina in a uh, wrestling setting, I, I'm, I, I mark out. And I think Omega knows that. He knows that North Carolina fans just want to hear a we just want to get attention. I think we're all Leos here in North Carolina. But I digress. Don Callis, of course, 
owns or runs Impact Wrestling, something like that. And he alluded to um, mentioning why he gave Kenny Omega that microphone on Tuesday night at Impact. So, uh, you know, we got to talk about on that on this show next week. So stay tuned to that. Shit's going down. Are we going to get an Impact versus AEW feud? Or are we just going to get a little light feud? I don't want it to be a crazy NWO or uh, invasion style uh you know, WCW, ECW invading WB style thing. Just maybe a nice light feud, maybe bring some guys from the X division over. Uh, I mean, Impact has a great women's division, so maybe we could use some Band-Aids there. Maybe we could have uh, old Trisha Parker throwing her weight around. I'm not sure. Nonetheless, an amazing, amazing night of wrestling. The best the best in a while. The best in years and years and years and years and years. I mean, you can kind of relate it to the 2011, uh, what was it, June 6th where, uh, or June 1st or something like that where um, Impact was on Monday nights for the first time. Short-lived run there where Jeff Hardy came out and everything like that. And before I change the subject, go into uh, main event um, how good was that Pat Patterson video package, man? The My Way video package. It's been, what has it been? Like 20 years, but I feel like the wrestling world got a better My Way video package um, on Wednesday. Like really, really good touching. Like um, crazy to think about how much pat patterson has done for the wrestling world it's it's um if you take pat patterson out of professional wrestling professional wrestling would be completely completely different he invented the royal rumble he was the first intercontinental champion um accolades go on and on and on um somewhat of a controversial figure at times to say the least but if you're a fan of the art of professional wrestling to uh somewhat not be taken aback by his uh uh footprint on the art form and and sport that you love um you're being freaking ridiculous and i don't think very many people um aren't taken aback right now it's crazy to see crazy to uh uh think about him gone and uh it's also crazy to think that uh, gerald briscoe recently stepped down too so vince man i can see him uh it's crazy but i can see him maybe uh taking a little step back i mean all his buddies man they're not there man i don't know how longer how much longer we're gonna have you know vince and gorilla or you know when are we gonna see road dog and triple h back there on gorilla it's probably gonna happen before we're ready you know, before we're, uh, you know, um, before we really see it coming, even though we've all seen it coming for years, I think it's going to, when the day it gets announced or the week it comes out, it's going to hit us hard. But I think Vince's uh, days of being as involved with the company are probably coming to a close, man, especially with this no fans thing. I can see him saying, fuck it any day now. I don't know. I digress because you know what? We have main event to talk about. I feel like we hit a low point in main event uh, last week. We only got one match, and uh, that match was complete bullshit. It was interrupted by Elias. Uh, there's way too many interferences in WWE programming. It makes you feel stupid for watching it. Um, it's Sometimes you'll watch two hours of a show, and every single match will be interrupted by someone just coming out and interfering blatantly and having the bell ring. I understand that that's a tool you should use to uh progress the storytelling but also uh there's something to be said to making the viewer not feel stupid for watching giving them just a finite winner of a throwaway match on raw really goes a long way uh but i digress here because we did get a winner of the first match and it was something that i've been calling for humberto carrillo versus angel garza cousins people that have been on fire as of late in main event on main event and it's a feud that we really didn't get to see a lot of on 205 live which is what we wanted to see 
last year, two years ago, whatever it was. Carrillo using Garza as a uh, platform to hit a handspring, and then he hits the ropes and springboard crossbody arm to Garza. Big super kick by Garza, drop kicks, one, two, Humberto kicks out, goes for a a Guerrero special here, but Garza slips out, gets arm dragged, reverse, rolling thunder by Carrillo, moonsault, no one home, roll up, one, two, no, super kick by Garza, wing clipper, one, two, three, great fucking match, great fucking match, I don't think Garza is capable of doing, having bad matches, and Humberto Carrillo is right up there with him, this is the main event we were missing last week, I love seeing this shit, then we cut to Raw, Fiend showing up during AJ Styles and Randy Orton's match, um, moment of bliss, Randy talking to Alexa, realizing that, uh, Alexa's Fiend's weakness or what the hell ever. I feel like they're going to have a good match, but I'm not really feeling this feud. I feel like Raw is just kind of stale. Even watching main event highlights, it's kind of stale. But what wasn't stale was this three-way. Riddle versus AJ versus Keith Lee. Uh, AJ wins that one. And then we go to a Nikki Cross promo. And I was like, wait, they're just giving us a promo for the second week in a row on main event? But it did spill over to a match. Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans come out. Why did they break up the Iconics just to put Peyton Royce with Lacey Evans, who Lacey Evans in her own right is a better singles competitor? Who the hell knows what the fuck they're doing? Um, But I'm glad we did get a match. Neither one of them wanted to face Nikki, but it ended up being Peyton that faced Nikki. Uh, Lacey Evans tries to distract one, two, cross kicks out, cross body uh, into the turnbuckle by uh, Nikki Cross here. One, two, Lacey putting Peyton's foot on the rope, uh, ref getting pissed, but that distracts Nikki just enough for Peyton to hit the deja vu one two three Peyton Royce gets the victory it was kind of a bullshit match once again distraction finish but I'll take a match over uh whatever the hell happened with Ms. TV Retribution and the gobbledygooker last week so this is a step in the right direction good to see main event maybe incorporating a little bit of storylines but also staying main event having a match they finish off main event with Kevin Owens uh, beating the hell out of Jey Uso, hitting a stunner on them, and then Miz with Morrison versus Drew. Uh, main event of Raw, pretty much AJ Styles getting uh, taken away by his security guard. Um, it's hilarious, the uh, little big dynamic um, that him and his security guard have, but... You know, that's for TLC. That's for a few weeks away. What we're getting this weekend is NXT War Games. I know AEW outshined the hell out of them last night, but AEW is not going to be on Sunday. And I think they knew that going. I think winter is coming. That AEW show was their pay-per-view, more or less, where NXT's pay-per-view is this Sunday, and that's what they were getting ready for. And, you know, they held their own this week. I got to say, they had a great show, but it just wasn't as awesome as Kenny Omega winning the world title for the first time and Sting coming back. I don't think WrestleMania wasn't as good as AEW was this week. But I digress. We're talking about War Games And we're going to go over the matches here. So write down what I'm saying here, guys, and go to Vegas because these are going to be the official predictions of NXT War Games 2020. And I'm going to go with a theme here. I think that NXT realizes they're getting a little stale, realizes that they have a few key stars that could maybe uh, start to work their way down the card if they're not going to get called up. And case in point, Timothy Thatcher versus Tomasa Ciampa. No one's going to forget about the wars that Tommaso Ciampa had, you know, as a team member of Johnny Gargano, as against Johnny Gargano, and all that other stuff with Adam Cole and everything like that. But that was years ago at this point. Timothy Thatcher has it, and they're pushing him now. Uh, he could He's like uh, the Daniel Bryan that Vince always wish he had here. He's got the, the size and the technique. I'm putting Timothy Thatcher over here. And the strap match, Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. I want Dexter Loomis to win so that Cameron Grimes can move on and maybe get to build his character a little bit back up because he plays goofy well, but he also does a lot of other things better well just like I pre- 
previously mentioned. Johnny Gargano versus Priest versus Leon Ruff. I mean, you could have Gargano eat the pin here so Priest gets the title back without having Ruff lose, which is probably what you want to do here. Uh, women's War Games match, you got to put Shotzi over. She's the most over woman in the the promotion so it just makes sense to do that so i would put you know have the good guys win here because the bad guys are gonna win in the men's war games undisputed era you're gonna lose you've been in like every single war games i think uh that's way too long to be in nxt you should have got called up a year ago it sucks you didn't you could go in take down retribution and uh, all would be well in the West in the wrestling world, um, but you're still in NXT. You cut a good promo. Don't get me wrong; it was a good video package with you guys eating and drinking wine, wearing suits and everything. But we've seen it. You literally had every single title a year ago, and you progressively lost them. You did your thing. You put other guys over. Now get called up. Do your thing at Royal Rumble. Do your thing at WrestleMania. And have uh, the new Pat McAfee team be kind of like the new chicken shit heel version of Undisputed Era. So I'm going with all new guys in NXT. NXT needs a complete makeover, especially if they're going to try to still keep up with AEW on Wednesday nights. Because they rarely win the war. It's not even a war at this point. And everyone knows that if you just put NXT on Tuesday nights, both AW and NXT would be hitting 1 million. So you're only doing it to cock block ratings from your competitor, and everyone kind of sees that. I think even people that only watch NXT kind of see that, and that uh, doesn't come off as well as probably they want NXT to come off as. So maybe those predictions were my heart and not my head, but you know what? This is wrestling, baby. It's all about emotion, and I am emotionally invested in seeing the new era of NXT evolve. I'm also emotionally invested in the New Japan World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors happening simultaneously at once. That's why I'm giving you guys my top 10 of both tournaments combined, just like I did with the G1. And as I'm looking at my top 10 here, as we're wrapping things up there's not very many world tag league matches in it i'm just going to say that right now but we do have some new ones number 10 el desperado versus ishimori from 12 to the last of the best of super juniors card that happened yesterday if uh you're listening to our happened wednesday I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. I hope you guys listen to this 20 years in the future so you're like, who the fuck is a hell about Wednesday? But I want you guys to give a fuck about this match 20 years from now. Desperado versus Ishimori. Ref goes down. Desperado gets the advantage. Um, Ishimori, though, breaks free, lands the knee, but Desperado ends up dropping him. One, two, three. Desperado wins here, continuing his uh, coming out party, if you will. I never really thought much of Desperado until this tournament. He's been killing it. I would feel like uh, this tournament is the equivalent of Lance Archer's 2019 G1 for me. Um, he just, you know, you kind of always didn't dislike him, didn't like him, but then all of a sudden here he is just showing out. Uh, I've always heard that he works to his push, and it looks like they're pushing him because he is working hard. Number nine is uh, Yuya Yamura versus Hiromu Takahashi. We've already discussed that match. Number eight, Finn Juice versus Sonata and Shingo. Number seven, though, is another match that happened on the exact same card, Hiromu versus Sho. Kind of a slower pace in the early going here. Show uh, kind of struggling to get to the ropes here at the peak of the match. I feel like Hiromu bringing him back into the middle, though. Uh, Show having to hit the buckle bomb to break free both men down. Show lands a pile driver. One, two, Hiromu kicks out. So then he just does it again. One, two, three. Show beats Hiromu. This was Show's best match of the tournament. 
Uh, he really kind of underwhelmed me in this tournament. I was really expecting a lot of him, especially coming out of one of my favorite junior tag teams in the last few years. Um, and he did it. He did it t- tonight. He fucking killed it against the best guy. This is kind of best of super juniors and world tag league is just pretty much Hiromu fest. Like you're going to see it when I announce these next few matches here. Number uh, six, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi versus Shingo and Sonata from 11-19. Number five, Hiromu versus Robbie Eagles from 11-29. I don't think we've talked about this match on this show, so he's breaking into the top five here. Hiromu killing it. Robbie Eagles killing it, too. You could really tell he missed wrestling, and he's showing out here in the best of super juniors where this is when you show out anyways if you're robbie eagles so it just fits perfectly with what's going on eagles mocking hiromu at the early going hiromu power bombs eagles on the apron amazing looking super kick by hiromu and then another one Eagles building momentum here. Momentum here. Hiromu struggling to get to the ropes, but he does. Hiromu does squeeze the victory out here, beating Robbie Eagles. But it could have gone either way. I feel like if I were to rank. Uh, or just give maybe my top three stars, definitely Hiromu, and then I would say Desperado, and then Robbie Eagles in the Best of the Super Juniors. And Best of Super Juniors has been killing World Tag League. There's only two World Tag, or three World Tag League matches in this entire top 10 here. So seven out of 10 go to Best of Super Juniors. But number four goes to the World Tag League, G.O.D., Gorillas of Destiny versus Finjuice from 11-15. Robbie Eagles versus Doki from 11-15. Robbie Eagles versus Sho from 11-20. And then Hiromu Takahashi versus Taiji Ishimori from the very first night main event, 11-15, is still the number one spot out of both tournaments. That's the top 10. This is Curtin Jerkin. Thank you guys for sticking with me. Hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling, guys. This was a longer one. This was action-packed. But this week made me fall in love with wrestling again, guys. I swear to God, man, I fucking love this thing. I love talking to you guys. Hopefully you guys like listening. Let me know on Twitter, on Instagram, in the YouTube comments. Uh, Run up to me on the street. Do whatever you need to do. Let me know you like listening to this show because I definitely like producing it for you guys. And goddamn, do I love wrestling, baby. Sting is back and Kenny Omega is the world champion, y'all. Fly high. I am out. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopsticksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe.